Let's do this. Hello there and welcome to X-Players episode 12, your fortnightly Xbox fix from the Crossplayers. My name is Alex, gamertag SSAlex984, and as always, tonight I'm joined joined by Tyler. (laughs) Hello Tyler, how are you doing? I'm good Alex, how are you, other than tongue-tied? Yeah, a little bit tongue-tied, but other than that, I'm fine and dandy. And joining me and Tyler tonight, we've got a very special guest making his debut on X-Players. Lovely to have him here. Hello, Mark. How are you doing? Very well, thanks, Alex. Yeah, good to be here. I have an Xbox. You do have an Xbox. Um, You're joining us on a very sad day. Very sad day. I mean, 11-11-2022 was supposed to be a very big day in Xbox. It's come and gone in a whimper. And Starfield is... Nowhere to be seen. It's in, it's in the distance. I thought you were going to do a Remembrance Day. Yeah, I wasn't <laughs> sure where that was going for a good like, 10 seconds. Yeah. No, no. Nah, we'll, we'll leave that to the king. Um, <laughs> but uh, obviously Starfield's not here, but it's not that Saturday. It's also the, the 11th anniversary of Skyrim, the game that's been reincarnated more times than anything in the world i think but yeah sad is that right 11th anniversary yeah 11 11 11 skydom todd Todd howard has a funny thing about numbers yeah well he didn't quite meet his promise to us and but we'll forgive him it'll be worth it in the end when the when the delays are over and we're presented with a fantastic first person exploration of space just what we all want, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. I think we've been waiting for it long enough. There's, there's <laughs> plenty of hype out there. Like we'll just have yeah. to wait and see what comes with it. But Mark, you did say you've got an Xbox. Tell us about your Xbox. Do you love your Xbox? It's better I do, than your I, PlayStation. Oh, I knew that was going to happen at some point. Uh, do I? Do I dare to make that comparison here on this show? Maybe I should. Um, I do really, really, really enjoying the Xbox. Um, the you know, partly bought because it was a, an amazing price at two hundred pounds to get the Series S. Um, it fits nicely into my, uh, you know, television system setup at home. It fits really nicely. I find the controller very comfortable, and also there's Game Pass, which um, is on the one hand amazing, and on the other hand quite stressful because in the past when I because I'm, I'm new to the whole world of Game Pass and. You know, if, if it wasn't for you guys, basically, I probably wouldn't even know about it. I'd still be under a rock reading, books, <laughs> just reading the Nintendo news going, oh, there's a new Pokemon game. I don't care what Xbox is doing. But because of you guys, you know, every week, bloody, this is on Game Pass, this is on Game Pass. So I'm new to the world of this sort of subscription service with all these games on there. So an aspect of that that's very stressful for me is previously when I bought these like plethora of indie games and i know i sort of buy them on a nice discount and think you know i'll get to that in six months a year never (laughs) um but now it's like right i've got this deadline they've all got this shelf life so it's a little bit it's a little bit more unnerving having to get to them in time and that extra little bit of jeopardy and the fact that you don't actually always quite know what that shelf life is going to be could be three months could be six months could be three years that's it. Know. Yeah, there's there's no there's no real clue when they when they appear they appear and they're there for this unknown period of time and uh, then I'm sort of I check you know I'm checking on the game the Game Pass app going oh this one's leaving did I know that was leaving did I not know it was leaving and and uh, you know sometimes it doesn't really matter because you know it's sort of built up a nice collection of games I, I think right I'll play that one but this month where there's just so much happening and it really is quite stressful and and Ben messaged me earlier to say mark you know make sure you've installed vampire survivors which i'm sure we'll talk about soon and i was like oh my god i've forgotten about that one because there's just so many other games (laughs) it's just quite stressful but amazing at the same time do you want a little reminder because that was the first the first part of our agenda was what was coming this one so let me let me give you a little reminder and run through where we're at so what we've already had for november because when we recorded episode 11 we just missed 
we didn't have their list, so I'll just run you through quickly. So November 1st, we got The Legend of Tian Ding, The Walking Dead, A New Frontier, and The Walking Dead, Michonne. November 3rd, Ghost Song. November 8th, Football Manager 2023, Return to Monkey Island, and Halo Infinite Winter Update. November 10th, Vampire Survivors on Console. November 11th, Microsoft Flight Simulator 40th Anniversary Edition. November 15th, we've got Pentiment and Somerville. November 22nd, Gungrave Goer. And some point in November, but it might quite slip into December. We're not sure when it's actually going to hit Battlefield 2042. is finally hitting Game Pass via EA Play. So, as you say... A fairly busy month November has been and continues to be and we don't even know what's coming actual the rest of the confirmed titles to come for the second half of the month. So they're packing their punches this month, aren't they, Tyler? Yeah, hundred percent there is there's a lot there and I think there's arguably there's something for almost everyone. Which is quite nice to see. Yeah. I mean it's and it's quite nicely spread across like some of it's just PC, some of it's just console, and then a lot. A lot on the cloud, but to say definitely something for everyone because I mean, what I've already started playing, as you kind of alluded to earlier, Tyler, is I was sitting this morning and I'm like, Dan's playing football manager. I'm like, I haven't thought about playing football manager yet. Maybe I need to start playing football manager. And I'm like, oh no, here we go. So I've started started a little season in football manager and I think that'll, that'll see me through my holiday. Um, because I can run that. It just about runs on my shite computer. It runs okay. It doesn't take um too much, and I will probably also end up playing the console version on my phone like I did last year. So the console version worked perfectly with touch controls. A little bit small was the one thing you see. Some of the text is a little bit small, but if you've got a bigger phone, it's fine. But it works basically just like a tablet. Um, the controls are very intuitive, so that was good. Um. Mark, what about you? Because I've got a funny feeling there was a little review that went up in Monkey Island, so you've probably got a little bit of insight into that one. Well, yeah, I mean, it's lovely that that's on Game Pass this month, and um, I got to play it on Switch earlier this year. Um, We had a nice review code from Devolver Digital, and if you haven't yet had a chance to jump on to Crossplayers to read my review of the game, I gave it an 8 out of 10, pieces of 8, or 4 out of 5. Um, <laughs> and this is arr, this is a game that I could easily give a six, and I could give a ten. So I sort of settled in the middle for an eight. A ten is just because it exists, <laughs> and uh, but but I've settled on I think about four out of five is about right for it. I think uh, it does a lot very very well. It really gets the vibe right, and I'm really happy that it's it's out there and people can experience it as much as possible. Yeah, and um. It's another one I have on my list for holiday game because I think it'll probably be one that I can play quite nicely on my phone. Um, I don't, or even streaming on my laptop, actually. I keep forgetting that I can just do that. I always think, well, if I'm going to play something in the cloud, I need to play it on my phone, but why don't nope. I just play it on my laptop? But it makes far more sense, <laughs> much bigger screen. Um, so I'll maybe, maybe do that with it. And you can imagine what the re- reason was for me not picking it up on Switch, Mark, can't you? Oh, definitely. Yeah, I mean, if you've if you've not got a history with the series as well, and uh, the fact that what how much was it as well? I can't remember how much it retailed for. It's a good twenty four or something, I think. On something Switch. like that. Yeah, yeah. But it doesn't have achievements. Oh, that's right. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. Come on. Of course. You yeah. No achievements. Get with it. It get does have narrative. Its own achievements in the game, though, which I won't yeah. spoil too much. But it gives you little. Uh, amusing achievements as you go along but yeah not for your g's i'm afraid mate no i've heard you i've heard you need to go on a a quest of of collecting um trivia cards there are trivia cards that's correct yeah i didn't loads of those hidden around that's just like a sort of hidden object side quest aspect of the game which we didn't really dive into too much but yeah it's there in terms of what's still to come i mean there's the two obvious big hitters in Somerville and Pentiment, and Pentiment's one. I feel like the hype's starting to build a little bit of Pentiment. I think we're seeing a lot more across social media for it now, a lot more people looking forward to it. Um, it's one that's high up my list. Um, I can see it being a smarky game. You see it being a smarky game? 
I'm not sure. I'm probably more interested in Somerville out of those two, possibly. But I, I'm going to get. I've already um, pre-installed both of them, so I'm going to try both yeah. of them and see how I get on. Yeah. But you, Taylor. I'm definitely going to try. I think I'll try Pentiment first, purely because the the hype that comes with that being made by the guys at Obsidian obviously have such a good track record. Um, but yeah, it's it's not the kind of game I've traditionally got on very well with, but the kind of, as time goes on, I'm trying to push myself to play more stuff that I haven't traditionally liked um, in hopes that I kind of like suddenly click with something and then there's this whole library of stuff I can go back to. So yeah, I'm very interested to try that. Um, I'm playing Ghost Song. I'm, I've played a little bit of that, but I need to play a lot more of that. Um, and having had a brief look at Gungrave, I'm probably going to at least try that or watch a little bit of someone playing it just to see if it looks as absolutely batshit and silly Japanese as it sounds. Because that'd be right up my avenue if it is quite as crazy as it's made out to be. <laughs> I always like a bit of craziness. Yeah. But I'm a bit like, do we even need a second lot of Game Pass editions mm, this month? No. It's, there's almost too much choice. Uh, it's not like me to say that. I haven't even got to Signalis from, from last month. so I bit, And I thought I was going to jump on that straight away. <laughs> and I haven't even got to it because of Monkey Island and other, other things that I was playing in the meantime. And now Ghost Song. And then you drew my attention to uh, Moonscapers being on Game Pass as well, which I hadn't even realised was there. So uh, it's just ridiculous. Yeah. Too much. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, I mean, to a certain extent, I've, I've, I've kind of got like, I have you taken out the wrapper yet? Ragnarok. Ah. It's out the wrapper and it's installed and I installed it on Wednesday. And we were sitting here on Friday night and I still haven't started playing it um, because I've been playing little games on Game Pass. <laughs> a little bit because I know I'm going away and I don't really want to get invested in it, but it's been very, it's been very easy to not start it because there's been so many other things to try. Not even necessarily just on Game Pass. I mean, there's been loads of little games coming out. Obviously, I spoke about the Entropy Center, about on Crosscast, and been playing a lot of that. Like, absolutely loved it. Um, and then I've been playing Tyler game. I think you're aware of Inertial Drift. Yeah, like, I, I don't know if you oh, remember yeah, yeah, yeah. me playing that at EGX. So it was the the game that was like the drift. Well, we certainly spoke about EGX, and it's a very different driving game because it's all about drifting with the right stick rather than actually trying to drive. And so I've been playing quite a bit of that. So the P Cube gave us a code for the Twilight Rivals edition, which doesn't come out until the fifteenth. So I can't actually talk about that bit of it yet, but I have been playing the base game in preparation for it coming out. Um. And it's bloody excellent. Like, see, for just nice. taking a, a driving game and doing something a little bit different form, kind of just taking that formula and you have, right, you need to get from A to B, you're driving, you're racing. It's got various different types of races in it, so it can just be like a checkpoint race for endurance. It can be a time trial. It can be a one-on-one race. It can be a skills race. It, there's, like, so many different things in it and you work through it in, like, different story modes or there's challenge modes or there's online modes or there's... It's just... But the, the art style to it is, like, almost cartoony anime type. To yeah, it's extent. very... It's a um, very nice, like, cosy sort of style. But yeah, it just... It looks a lot of fun. You've not played that. this one, Tyler? Not yet, no. Not yet. I was... Um, I'd seen that Alex had been playing it and I was like, I'll wait and hear what he has to say about it but yeah i've already like already been scoping out how and where i'm going to pick it up because yeah. i had i had tried at egx that i didn't get on with it at all at egx but i'm like i really appreciate it trying to do something different in the game itself i think it's been out for about almost two years i think it was january 21 it was actually released initially so with this twilight rivals edition it comes with the, this is this next gen, or sorry, current gen version, so it's coming Series X, Series S, and to PS5 as well, so it's coming out, like, so that as, lo- as well as the kind of DLC content, it's a full upgrade of the game to like the current generation. Um, but I think I st- I sat and played it, and I sat and played it with Ethan, and I don't think really plays driving games, and he got it much easier than I did, and I think it's just because you're preconditioned to try and 
play a racing game in the way you would play a racing game like that is your steering like your left stick is to steer not your right stick really and right. just trying to retrain your brain but see once it clicks you're like yeah this is good and like the soundtrack's good the art style's good like let's get that proper and i was thinking about this earlier tyler in terms of like lonely mountain and stuff although you're not properly trying to do different bits of it to like really improve your time but it's got that satisfaction when you get it right right okay yeah this so, sounds dangerous i mean yeah so that, if you can, that does sound i i read a couple of reviews of this where it does sound like it's got a real steep learning curve and I do really love stuff like that where you really have to almost rework your brain, like you've just said there, to 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 learn how to just just go from A to B, and that that's the the lonely mountain aspect as well, where you're just you know the first few times of any any section of that game, you're just stumbling around, crashing into things, falling around, and then when it clicks and it's just so sweet, it, it's the best feeling. <laughs> and yeah. I probably had that for the first time with something like 1080 snowboarding on the N64 where just getting to the end without falling over, just getting to the bottom of the mountain without falling over was a significant challenge. Um, and inertial drift does look really interesting. I think I've had it on my switch list, uh, wish list for a while now. So um, I'll see if it crops up in a nice sale. I might pick it up. Yeah, it's definitely worth it. I would say, I think it's one of those games like the Kanawa community would love because, you know, we all, when everyone gets into that kind of leaderboard chase type thing, I would oh, imagine yeah. as well. Yeah. So it, it would be, if it was one of those that was ever like on Game Pass or something, I think it would be a perfect cross-seasons game. It's got Definitely. that kind of written all over it, but I'm really intrigued to see how much the Twilight Rivals edition and the upgrade pushes, that. T- pushes it to the next level because I've really enjoyed what I've started. And even the kind of level of depth in it, so see, I thought, oh, right, you can learn the mechanic. This is how it works. Then you try a different car. It's completely it different. Oh, is that different. right? Really? Uh, it's not even like, oh, it's slightly different kind of biting point. It's like accelerates. Like, like the weight distribution just throws it completely out the water. You need to just do it, like retrain to the, each car. So it's not even wow. it's really in cool. depth when you, if you wanted it to be. But then if you just want to be like, I know how to drive with that car. I'll stick to that car. That's quite fine. Or you can really work your way through and kind of perfect has it got like a has it got a championship like it does a championship there's like a progression in the game yeah so there's like a little story mode um that takes you so i think it's like five key tracks i think i've only i'm not finished it with one character yet and i think you basically kind of almost like a slightly different story with each character so it's got like four or five characters and they're all a wee bit different drive different cars and the story mode will take you through the different tracks and it like at each track it will say okay you maybe need to chase the, the kind of first part of that story is you need to chase a ghost of one of your rivals then it's maybe or they challenge you to a race or it's they're challenging you to a skills race and you need to achieve so many points and do it in style or endurance races where you need to hit all the checkpoints without the time running out and kind of trying to get like gold silver bronze medals platinum medals in some cases stuff like that so it's quite a good variety that keeps it quite fresh but i don't think it's one like it's not got hours and hours and hours and hours to get through a story it's probably one you can maybe sit for a couple hours and get through each one and it's enough of a bite-sized chunk of a game to play rather than sitting playing it for days at a time that sounds ideal, I think, to be honest, especially with driving yeah. stuff. Mm. Sounds ideal for I, Game Pass. Bring it. I was thinking that myself. It was always yeah. when I was speaking today. I'm like, why is this not a Game Pass? I think this would do. And you you never understand the economics and the business behind why some of these things maybe never hit Game Pass. There's maybe not the space on Game Pass or something like this to get there. You maybe say to them, like, we'd love for this to be in Game Pass, and it's just not an option for them. But I think it would be a great Game Pass game. If it was ever an option, yeah. could happen down the track, couldn't it? It seems like you know things just pop up as well. They've been out for a while, and then sometimes they just like, oh, now now it's going to be on Game Pass. And you're like, oh, that's great because now I don't have to buy that on Switch or something. <laughs> yeah, cool. Yeah. So, Mark, obviously being new to Xbox, there was a plethora of games for you to work your way through. What else have you enjoyed? Ah, yeah, a whole load of things. So I've started quite a lot of stuff. This is the problem, isn't it? I, I sort of, when I, I got very excited when I first got it and just, I was like a, a, a kid in a sweet shop just installing everything and very, very rapidly ran out of space. I ran out of space as soon as it was 
within the confines of my broadband providers <laughs> 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 to give me that much download speed and data. Um, so I've been playing a bit. I play. I started Prey, which I'm really interested to carry on playing, and I will do at some point. Um, I started um, Forza Five, which I think Amazing. just has one of the most incredible intros to any game ever. I think um, it just it just kicks straight into gear with the most sort of high octane, high high excitement introduction to a game like that. And I think even as someone who's sort of quite tangentially uh, into cars and things, not not really into that sort of world and they think, except recently Formula One, but then just turning that on and you just bang into this world and the, the car's just dropping from these planes and you're just like, oh, it was so cool. And I, I absolutely love that. And I think the, the, the sliding and the controlling and the way the different cars handle, you were just mentioning that with a inertial uh, drift. Inertial drift, was that right? Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You were mentioning that with that, and uh, you get you've got exactly that feeling with Forza. I sort of felt like, oh, I could just pick a car that I like the look of now, and then it would just drive completely differently, and I'd just be doing donuts <laughs> trying to get around at every corner. So I had to pick the cars correctly, um, and then the different terrain types that you've got in that game is just fantastic. Um, and it's not a game that I felt like I, w- I was worried when I first got the Series S that. Games like that that were relatively new, that weren't sort of indie games, that, like, like the ones we've just been talking about, were going to perhaps suffer from visual downgrades and uh, frame rate downgrades and things. But I, I haven't had any any of those sorts of experiences with, with that game. It just it seemed just to kick straight into gear and, and stay there. It's been amazing. Um, and I don't know why I haven't carried on playing it, really. It's one of those games where you just, a couple of days of stopping playing it and you move on to something else and then... Yeah. Now I'm talking about it, I'm thinking, why have I not played that more recently? Uh, it's so cool. What else have I played? Um, yeah, just dropping into different things that I've been vaguely interested in, like Im- Immortality was a game I'll talk a bit more about later. Um, but that's a game where I'd seen basically like perfect reviews for it in a, in a few different publications and online. And so I thought, with that many perfect reviews and it looking so weird, and and being basically free for me to try it with Game Pass, I, I wanted to give it mm-hmm. a go, and um, that's been a really interesting experience as well. So yeah, loads of stuff. It's been fun. Yeah, too that much is, stuff as we see. Yeah, that's it. It's like it's almost the curse of Game Pass for everything that's great about having all these games there. The amount of times I've downloaded something, we're like, oh, this isn't bad. I really should play more of this. Oh, squirrel. Yeah, that's it. Ooh, squirrel. And I, talking about squirrels, I started Beacon Pines as well. And, you know, that was great. I played like an hour of that. And I was like, I'm really enjoying this. These different narrative choices that you have to make. And the characterization of the storybook style was super cute and aesthetically pleasing. It, you know, every aspect of it seemed really great. And I just stopped and went on to something else because something else just arrived. And it's there. Yeah, it's just that is a that is a frustration. Yeah, I struggled with that for a long time. I think I think I'm much better now that when I start something, I'll tend to try and finish it. But I, I do remember, like probably at launch, kind of that launch window um, from November twenty onwards, it was just like start, 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 and nothing got finished. But I feel very much it's like Beacon Pines, as you mentioned. I started playing that purely to get the the five hundred bonus Microsoft reward <laughs> points that month. And I absolutely <laughs> loved it. And then yep. I had to finish it. So, I mean, yeah, it's it's hard to keep going with something when you know there's so many things on there to just kind of like, mm. it's just like being a kid in a sweet shop, isn't it? To a certain extent. It is, yeah. It definitely is. And then there's games where I'm almost going to buy them. If they don't come into Game Pass, I'll probably buy them for Xbox. Like um, Lewis today was talking about because uh, Control 2 got you know confirmed 100%. And so he was talking about Alan Wake Remastered, and that's a game I want to play, and I'll probably pick that up at some point, and I'm going to buy that to have on the Xbox, and that will sit there for ages because there'll just be a load of new new Game Pass material coming along. Thank I, I think I yeah. bought that, and I haven't played it yet, but pretty sure, <laughs> yeah. pretty sure I went to Argentina for that one. Yeah. <laughs> that's probably a good shout. Yeah. Uh, Tyler, what have you been playing? Uh, so I have, I spoke about it a little bit on Crosscast, um, cause I haven't really played a lot else since then. Um, but the, the majority of my Xbox and PC time has been on Gunfire Reborn the last few weeks. 
which I, I just love. And it's probably the reason I won't get to a lot of games for a little while because it is so easy in the little pockets of time I get where I'm like, oh, I've got half an hour, I'll just do a run. It's the same thing I like. I've had with Hades, I've done it with Dead Cells as well, where it's like, I know it's only going to take 30 minutes. It's not, I haven't got to worry about like getting myself immersed back into a story. It's like, here's your cute little cat, here's his gun, go shoot a bunch of random people. It's not gory, it's not graphic, it's just fun and easy and uncomplicated. And just holds my attention in a way that you know a lot of games don't. Mm-hmm. Something that seems to just really click with me with roguelites and the fact that the the art style and the gameplay loop for this are just like it's just scratching an itch. Like I haven't enjoyed a shooting game in quite a while, and I absolutely love this. Um, so yeah, I think I've probably played another couple of hours of that this week. I haven't touched Ghost Song again because that is a weekend. Like I've got an hour, I'm going to put a proper dent in this again. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. It's not like I can't play that in 20 minutes, and then if I get a work call, have to just stop. Exactly. It breaks that, yeah. it breaks yeah. that immersion, which yep. I don't want to do because it seems like it's very like atmospheric and important to kind of pay attention to what's going on, and I can't give that the attention it deserves. Yeah, um, and it being a it being a Metroidvania, you're going to have to. You know, vaguely recollect where, where you are, where you are, <laughs> what you're supposed <laughs> yeah. to be doing. Yeah, so you need need a dedicated session of time for that. That's yeah. Like a, just chatting with Lewis today about that with um, Metroid Dread because I've been playing that on the Switch and I just because of Game Pass and other things, I, it's the same thing. I can just jump into a roguelike. You, you need a dedicated chunk of time for Metroid Dread as well to remember where you are and what you're supposed mm-hmm. to be doing. Yeah, absolutely. And then I. I can't remember what made me think to do it, but I um I've been jumping back I jumped back into Forza because <laughs> I remembered that there are two story missions I still haven't three starred that have been, that I've like chipped away at every time I've remembered for a little while. So I got one of them I finally three starred one of them from the base game. I think it was yesterday. And I've had like a couple of goes at the very, very last one, which is part of the tenth anniversary content. Um where it drops you in you're introduced to that the new dj and you've got the amg one and i'm just like i was within a second of doing it yesterday at one point i think just like i think that's the same one that i need to get so i've got one star to get for the achievement on that one and it's i've tried it so many times and i think i've been within a second each time and i can't see I can't see where I can make the time up. Like, I just can't see any way I can make that time up at all. But I just need to to keep trying. But I I think I've realised there's a whole load of stuff in the base game that I haven't done. And I don't know if it's been added since I did it or whether I just missed it. Like, there's just a whole load of little bits and pieces across the map that I've not quite finished, like, all of the types of events. And I don't know if I maybe just got to a point where I'm like... I must have just must have just moved on to yeah, something else, as we've kind of been talking about. Um, but I don't know when I'm going to find the time to go back and dedicate that time to to doing it now. Probably when the next DLC drops, which some point next year. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask about that. We, time in that. There's no date for that yet. No, they just said it be 2023. I think they mentioned okay. it in an update recently and said the next one will be 2023. Um, which is when I expected. I didn't expect it this year. Um, I thought with the one being in the summer, I always expected because I'm sure there was quite a long gap between the between Lego one, the Lego one, and the uh, Storm uh, Island one. This, yeah, and Horizon Four. So, but I mean, to I, be I fair, even then, like you think they've put that tenth anniversary content in, like that's not a small piece of content to have added. And then there's like, another nice... bit coming. Is it next? Is it, the end of this month, next month's the donut, and I completely have lost what it what it is. But it's um, there's a whole other kind of story section and stuff, themed right. content coming for that too. So oh, there's well, constantly so stuff going. Yeah, in. that's it. And like those those little chunks of story, they're like five or six missions. They're really nice. Like, oh, I've you know I've got a few hours. I'll play some Forza because again, you just jump back into it and it feels like you never left. Which is like yeah. what's probably the best thing about that game for me is that like. My son will get home from school and he'll want to play whatever he's been playing. And then he's like, oh, can I play the car game? I'm like, yeah, we can play the car game. Yeah. I can't wait for that. I'm still, I'm still, I had the conversation today. I'm like, 
I think I need to get my son a Series S for Christmas, but I think he should buy it now to take on holiday with me. And he's just got that look, kind of like. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm like okay. I'm like I'm like. Try again next week. Like no, yeah. I'm like we'll be too late then. I'm just need to take my Series X with me. Um, it's been decided. I just wanted something smaller to travel, with, but that's fine. I'm just looking at pictures of Gunfire Reborn. Actually, it looks it looks really cool, doesn't it? I I, I think I've actually got this one downloaded already. <laughs> of course you do. Is <laughs> it's so pretty. It's like it takes all of the stuff that Borderlands does right with like the That's cell it. shading, softens yeah. it a little bit more, and it, it is. It's almost like Borderlands, but softer in that like right. it's not so intense story wise or dialogue wise, um, or graphically. But it's got a lot of the same, like randomized guns, randomized perks, like working your way through a perk tree or a skill tree per run. Um, and then they're like the little nods to Oriental mythology and stuff. I really like, and like the little stylisms for it. I just, I think they they just finish it really well and they give it something different that I kind of haven't had from anything else yet. That looks cool. Yeah, I'm gonna give this a go. This looks cool. I enjoy a roguelike the graphics the it looks quite silly and humorous and just quite fun at the same time and um yeah how long is a run uh the longest one i've had was 25 okay 25 30 minutes and that was like the boss of the second biome i think okay once you've done a few you get to the point where if you were rushing through you could finish the first biome in probably five or six minutes cool and does it unlock stuff as you progress yeah you have like the permanent unlock so there's a, the one of the currencies you pick up as you go through a run you then spend when you die and restart to you know to get like higher base damage or bigger health pool or you know better luck better rng percentage for a good drop or something like that okay it, it that the name somehow seems too prosaic for how insane and wacky it looks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, it doesn't feel like it feels like it should have a much zanier name. Definitely. Yeah, that's the word. It should have a zanier name, definitely. Let, let, we'll come up with one for next next time. Alex, Alex, and Tyler, you work on that. Yeah, we, we, yeah. We, we'll rename it and we'll send it on to like um, Aaron Greenberg and the team. Say, you need to tell these developers that this is what they need to call a game. <laughs> send it to five hundred five. Like it should be called Crazy yeah. Shooty Cat Time. That's it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh. Speaking of things with zany names, um, the next thing that I've been playing is Atari, the 50th anniversary celebration. Um, really zany. Um, I keep getting the <laughs> name wrong. I keep getting the name wrong. I keep calling it the 50th anniversary collection, and it's not a collection because it's not, it's not a complete collection. But as it of it's okay. basically a compendium of about ninety-ish games that you can play within it, and it's, oh. but it's. It is a celebration, so it's not just it's not just oh you turn it on and it's here here's here's a list of all these games you can go and play them. It's basically it's almost a an interactive museum. To for one of a better way of putting it, so the way it presents itself to you is this is Atari founded in nineteen seventy two, kinda takes you right from the beginning of those like kinda original arcade machines and it's kinda set I think it's five kinda five different periods of time that it has these timelines on and it's all these basic interactive timelines i mean if you wanted to go into the game store and just a list of games to go and play like all the different emulators of the games whether it be the old ones or some of the newer reimaginings and stuff then you can go straight to that but i think that would be an absolute travesty of how beautifully they've presented this um but it's like you can start at the left hand side and you'll you'll kind of work your way along and it'll be like, this game released on this time and it'll, you'll go down and it'll give you like all like the, like almost Trivial like the almost. blueprints and the designs of the machines and like all this preserved art from it. Um, it'll show you all the original prototypes. It'll have um, little documentaries of the developers and some of the original developers talking about the different times and different periods and all the stories of how it came about, what happened. And then as you're going along, if you get to that specific game and it is playable, it'll give you a little option to go in and play that game at that point. So you go into like a little emulator and you can choose how you want to play it, whether you want it kind of preserved or some of the different filter effects turned on off all that. And I think the emulation is done exceptionally well. Um, but it's just like it's a proper like love letter to Atari 
Um, this sounds amazing. It's like yeah, an it interactive does. encyclopedia or something. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, and, like, and it's, it's so it's, cool. It's very much like that. So as you go along, it'll get to specific games and it will like maybe it'll give you the box art, it'll give you the front of the box, the back of the box. A bit like when oh, wow. that Kawabunga collection done it with those five or six games, but it basically does it for the whole history of Atari. Like and there's maybe not everything in there, but there's a hell of a lot, a of like a lot, from yeah. from all the arcade machines to pin the kind of experiments with pinball machines and to like the kind of home consoles where it all kind of went wrong and then up to some of the stuff they've tried again in the modern day in the Atari VCS. You've obviously got the links of Jaguar, you've got the 2600, the 5200. And like for me, where I started in an Atari 2600 and games like Centipede and Millipede and all that stuff, like they were, that was my kind of gaming baptism. Like I remember oh, wow. going up to the, one of the local pubs in my town had, an, had a Centipede machine and it's, it wasn't an arcade. It was just like a games room where the kids get flung when the parents were in the pub. And it was like it had a centipede arcade machine. And I spent so many hours playing that. And that was like my absolute favourite. And I had my Atari at home and just playing it. And see, just kind of that nostalgia of it. But I think it's more than that. I think you're probably not, it's not going to appeal to people that don't have an affinity with Atari, I wouldn't say. But unless you're like a proper games enthusiast, that kind of preservation type person but you probably need a little bit of affinity to atari to appreciate what's in there but i think it's so well done um you would love it mark i, I think if, if you were to get it and even if you if you i think not there is a physical edition of this available i've just seen it yeah i'm looking at pictures I, now yeah. i think the switch version for from game comes with like a gold steelbook that looks incredibly pretty I, um, I don't know that you were saying I, about the affinity I think if you've just got like a deep love of video games though yeah, I think if, you'd probably just appeal to you anyway yeah, yeah if you're this. the right type of person it would definitely appeal to you but if you do have that affinity to Atari themselves and kind of got that oh, yeah, history yeah. with Atari then it kind of just kind of hits a little bit harder um, but it just released today as well the 11, yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 very nice yeah um, it just feels it, like one of those things where, like, we've seen, I think Xbox did it, but I've seen other examples of it done better, where you get these, like, video game history documentaries or whatever, and this just feels like where that should go, uh, especially mm-hmm. now with Xbox or something like Game Pass. If they did something interactive for their, what you know, whatever their next big anniversary is, where it takes you through, like, in each episode or whatever that they release on a weekly basis... There's like almost points where it'll stop. If you watch it through the Xbox, it'll stop and be like, this is available. You can play it on xCloud right now. Do you want to give it a go? And just for like 10, 15 minutes at a time. Yeah. It doesn't yeah, have to be Yeah, it's a genius concept, game. yeah. It reminds me a bit of, um, these were on the Wii U, but they were the NES and SNES remix games. I don't know yeah, if either of you have played Yeah, I remember. I think I've watched someone play most of them. I didn't ever pick them up. Yeah, I had those. and But they weren't as educational as this sounds like it potentially is and it wasn't they weren't as structured around uh the the history of those games it was more just remix short remixes of the original titles in very snappy playable very quickly playable sequences but combining that if they if they took that That onwards that concept to the switch and remix these games but gave you a historical context so you could play like a brief bit of these iconic games like they've done here with Atari, it, 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 that would be a, that would be phenomenal. Yeah, so yeah. I imagine you have like you have an episode about Halo, and at like a couple of points through the episode, you play right. like the pinnacle of, you know, one of the first few games, or like a little bit of ODST, or there's the option to watch like some of a Halo esports tournament or something part way through, and then you have like the equivalent with Gears of War, all these like key moments right. in the story, especially with that Gears of War series and the movie coming out, like a one-hour documentary that if you watch via the Xbox, they can throw you into specific missions through the timeline and stuff like that. To be like, how cool is this going to look with, like, Batista doing Marcus Phoenix? <laughs> yeah, no, that would be good. Definitely be good. Interesting. I, th- I think the, the one other thing, and it was a bit like the same with the Xbox documentary, it's not like they're saying, oh, everything was wonderful, and it was like, all oh, this worked, in it, but it, it would take you through, like, this was the game that was really good and these were the three sequels that we tried to do with the absolute shit, but it still tells you about them and it still says, oh, they didn't do very well and it maybe doesn't give you a playable version of it, but it still kind of goes through and it takes you yeah. through and even the bits where it 
things didn't go so well, it still kind of takes you through that bit of the cycle. Probably the one bit that people might be a wee bit disappointed in is it is purely the games that were published by Atari, so a lot of the maybe kind of more famous games that were successful at that point in time aren't there. Um, but I suppose I was only really expecting the games from a licensing perspective. I probably understood yeah. that the games would never really mm. be there, but I can see some people kind of wishing there's maybe some more iconic games that you maybe like things like Pac-Man and stuff like that, although it kind of alludes to them within some of the conversation and that that goes through like they're not there and not playable, which is understandable. Um, but even it's not like those Xbox documentaries where it's like hours at a time. It's like maybe four or five minutes. Yeah, clips of like different stories that go along. One of the stories was about were well, they really all high when they when they were coding these games, and like one <laughs> of them was going not in our department. They were going like, yeah, we were, we were totally real. Totally, just totally, totally high. Totally high. the entire time. <laughs> 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 so it's just like it's quite funny to hear the experiences of such a long time ago because it's a different world in the seventies and the eighties. Like yeah. so, just from that perspective, hearing these guys talking about those stories is funny in itself, and then obviously it's a bit different as you get a bit further through but yeah it's definitely one of those for anyone that's getting to get that passion for kind of the history of gaming i think it's a really well put together package um and worth looking at any other games anyone want to talk about before we move on to this week's topic no i don't think i've got anything else well i mean can i just briefly talk more about um what i've been playing really quickly you can. Um, yeah you can just talking about there about watching those little video sequences reminded me of Immortality, which I've been playing, and I just want to briefly mention this because it's a, it really is a strange game, and I I would just love everyone to just everyone else just to try it. I just want to hear other people's feedback on the <laughs> the weirdness of this as as a game. It feels a bit like you've been saying there with the, with the Atari fiftieth anniversary celebration. <laughs> it's so tempting to say collection, isn't it? I, yeah. I get you. Yeah. Um, this because it's just this series of video clips uh, that you're getting of these uh, films being made and some of them are behind the scenes clips some of them are clips of the film itself as if it was as if you were watching it and you're just getting like a sequence from it Um, and sometimes it's like interviews with the the characters or the actors Um, but all you're given at the beginning of the the game is just a series of tools to analyze and move your way through these video clips. That's all you're given. And then you just start with one video clip and then it just progresses from there. And it's just, it's just fascinating that that exists as a game. And it, it feels so novel and interesting that I just want other people to experience that, <laughs> if possible, to see what their feedback is. It's one Very that I've surreal. had on my, my list to play for for ages, I think we've spoken about before, and I really just yeah. need it. It needs to get shoved up that list. Um, I need to get to it, but I've just not got there yet. Yeah, and it, it's definitely worth doing because um, it is a unique experience, and I think the aspect that is is also interesting is when you replay one of the clips that you've been you were watching, and if if the controller rumbles at any point during that clip you'll know that there's something that you're missing and something you need to redo, perhaps. And so then the video can sort of fade out or you can see in a different way to give you more clues, which is interesting. But I I won't say too much more because the whole thing does seem like a puzzle within a puzzle and a bit of a mystery and it's worth just exploring yourself. This sounds really interesting and it's like it's not something I'd ever would have considered playing, but I like for the same reasons you said, Mark, like the reviews that this thing has got are incredible. And I'm right, Alex, that this is the guy who made Sam something, he made something else. And it was Sam Barlow, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, telling lies and harsh yeah. story. So it's like and so how long to beat reckons six hours for the main story. So I might try and approach this a little bit like I did with As Dusk Falls and just try and like take take it an hour at a time maybe try and play it with my wife and have it be something we do together so it feels like it's a good game for that sort of style yeah that's that's how we we approached it and unfortunately i think it might be too much on the freaky scary side for for christine to continue with uh which is a bit unfortunate because i was really enjoying and i'm going to try and continue myself but uh 
it was really fun playing it as the two of us. So I think it would be good to play as a duo. Okay, I'm going to give that a go. Cool. Might be the way to do that for me. Anything else, Mark? Not really, mate. That's it, really. Thank you. Cool. Well, moving on from one set of anniversaries to another. So this week was the second anniversary of the Series X and Series S. Can you believe that? Two years they've now been with us, which feels bizarre because this almost now feels like mid-generation, whereas it still kind of feels like it's just getting started. Um, so I thought as a little topic, and Mark, this might be a little bit a, a little bit difficult for you because you're very new to this. But I mean, feel free to feel free to chime in. But I thought since we're two years in, what has been our favourite? feature that xbox has brought this generation doesn't necessarily need to be a feature of the console um but what's the kind of what move or improvement or kind of big change have they made that we've really appreciated for the in the last two years um tyler i'm going to come to you first what what do you think where do you think we've made strides you've got a list there and there's one that i don't think wouldn't really impact either of you two but like it's been massive for me and that is how absolutely seamless cloud saves are. Like the amount of times I've been sat in my lounge playing Forza, and then my wife and my son have got home. My son's like, "Can I have the TV? Can I have the TV?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." There you go. Turn the Xbox off. Walked the thirty feet into my office, booted my PC up, and as I boot Forza up, he goes, "Would you like us to pull your cloud sync down?" Yeah, sure. Five seconds later, the exact same mission, and that is like. That is incredible. I have never played any, I've never known anything be that smooth of a sync. I think the reason I didn't have that in the list was because I feel like that's not of the last two years. I feel like Xbox have done that so well for a long time. I, I feel like that's been there since the 360. Um, so maybe not in the way that we probably utilise it as much now because we're playing yeah. across different systems. But I think when I still find it astonishing that you could go and play something in backwards compatibility that you played maybe 15 years ago and yeah, it still pulls down your save. save. Yeah. And I suppose like it's part of the, it ties into the play anywhere thing, whether like, yeah. you know, you have, you know, where you used to have your Xbox one X in your lounge and you've now relegated it to another room. You can go from one to an, you can buy a game once and it will run on your old one X and also your Series S or X, and also your PC. Like, you buy one copy of Forza, and anything where there is an Xbox application or hardware, it will just run it, and that is nuts. Can I just say, I just want to say the funny thing about that is that this seems to me to be the sort of thing that should have been there from, you know, because you think about video gaming and, and the technology involved with it, it has to be very cutting edge, and it has to be, a huge development goes into these things and this is the sort of thing that frustrates me about the, these the modern consoles sometimes that some aspects that you think are going to be there because we've got them on our you know smartphones and and laptops and things aren't necessarily there with with these with these consoles like you know i I'm, i must have been doing that between my phone and my mac for about i don't know i don't know when they when they introduced that but you could be you know, writing something on your phone, then it will be there on your Mac. Yeah. And I'm sure sure that happens with yeah, yeah, that, yeah, the with Windows equivalents. Else. Yeah, with anything else. So you, you'd think it would happen. And I, and I get that there's a lot more data involved with the, the aspect of it, with the video games. But at the same time, video games are... They need to have that as well. Yeah. I mean, it seems really important. So it's great that that's there. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's one of those things that, like, it's not talked about enough how well they do the... Yeah, it's great the play anywhere thing as well, because like with Sony, if you buy a PS4 version of that game, you've got paid 15, 20 quid to upgrade it. You buy a, you buy a copy, you know, two years ago when you couldn't get a series S or X because of the shortages and you played a bunch of it on your one X. Now you're like, Oh, I want to go back and finish or replay that game. Not only do you instantly have it available, but you get the next gen patch for nothing. And it is just there. That's great. Yeah, uh, do, do you know what? Just looking at the list, and I forgot to put smart delivery on the list. Like we could, I've just become so so it's accustomed just, to yeah, it being a thing. So it's just that's it. that's just how it works. It's like from day one, it was smart delivery. So the best version of the game available to you was delivered to you, and I'm like, 
And I can always remember, and I'm not going to get into fanboy conversations here, but I just remember right at the beginning, it was like, oh, but they didn't. Smart delivery was nothing. And look at all this now, and look at them trying to get their saves here and try to get the right version of the game there. And it was it was very much like a almost caricature of it all at the beginning. Yeah. It was such a pantomime and getting everything to work in the PS5 and PS4 in the wrong versions of the games and all whereas it just worked seamlessly from day one in smart delivery it was like here you go that's the version of the game for the console that you're playing which is how it should be yeah. um mm-hmm. but i think the other i really struggled to pick one thing and i think the one if i go back to what initially wowed me it was quick resume i yeah. think quick resume is absolutely fantastic i, I mean you go into I don't think people appreciate quick resume for what it actually is unless you've used it because it's that way. You could be sitting doing something maybe that takes you could be it's like you could be doing a race in Forza that was like forty five minutes. Like you know how you get some of those yeah, really like the, big the races, the Goliath or like something. Goliath and stuff like that, yeah. Um and you maybe you don't want to just sit there and do that race for forty five minutes because there's maybe one bit that you need to get a an achievement or something on that you need to do it like without any crashes and without this and without that. So you want to take your time and do it right. But you maybe don't want to sit and do it all in one sitting. So I'm like, right, I've done enough of that, I'm gonna go and play something else and see just that ability to flick straight back to the exact point that you were in in that game, even if you've not played it for two weeks and you've played seven games in between. I mean, who would have thought you would ever have been able to do that? Yeah, the, the, how instantaneous it is as well. Like I've yeah. almost done it unintentionally. Like I've, I've had to hand over my Xbox to my little boy where he's gone and played, I don't know, a Lego game or Minecraft or something. And then I've been like, you know, two weeks later, I'm like, oh, I'll play Forza. And I open Forza up and it just dumps me back where I was. I'm like, oh shit. Like I forgot this worked. Yeah. And how quickly or like how quickly from cold like from you picking your controller up to you being in the thick of whatever game, you're talking like not even twenty seconds. Which you know, if you'd if you'd have said that to us three years ago, we'd have been like, the fuck. Just the yeah. scope of that is incredible. It's so it's so important for me, particularly that games start so quickly because I just get so impatient yeah. with loading screens and where they're showing you like repeatedly if, if I have to load up the game every time and see the developer information come up and, and go through that process of clicking through the menu this is the biggest reason I don't play Splatoon 2 more often is because, because it takes the, 10 minutes of nonsense fucking ages to get started <laughs> with the game if, if that dropped in if it dropped into a match I'd be playing that like every day but it takes fucking ages and it really frustrates me so Anything that just gets you straight into the action. Like like you said earlier, Tyler, about you, we, the older you get, the more limited your windows of time are to play. If 10 minutes of that is that you sat there watching and clicking through like developer stuff, oh, it drives me insane. It drives me so, so insane. Yeah, completely agree. But the one game that I, I remembered, what game that really made the difference to me with Quick Resume, and it was Tetris Effect Connected, because I was so addicted to that game when it first came out because it was one of the launch games and I remember everything else just took a back seat because it was like that was it and it was easy for some of the things where you had to like do a continuous run through like the whole story then that can take hours like did know you like Tetris Alex did you not I've never mentioned it no I didn't think I've never heard this mentioned Um, weird weird But to be able to then stop in the middle and go and do something else, to go back and resume it at some point, knowing that it's still just going to be sitting where you left it, it just it makes such a difference. Um, well, with I think it would be well, a... you were like, oh my God, <laughs> you could get back in the zone really quickly if it's really yeah. sped up. Yeah. <laughs> I can imagine that would be quite difficult, actually. Yeah, uh-huh. that's literal zero to 100, isn't it? Like, yeah, because that's to... zero to 100, yeah. I have to do warm-up runs with puzzle games sometimes just to like get my head in the right frame of mind. Hmm. Oh, no, you're just not talented enough. No, absolutely uh... not. <laughs> Dwarf romantic, what? Carry on. Uh, no, sure. <laughs> I, I, actually, I, I haven't played that for about a week, but I'd imagine I'm going to play quite a bit that next week, so we'll see how that goes. Yeah, okay. um... That's a perfect Centre Parks game. It is, yeah. You're basically redesigning centre parks for them. <laughs> Good, that's it. That's it. <laughs> so just get a reskin it. That's it. 
I feel like it would be a shame not to mention the other things in the list just because I did pull together a lot. And this is not an exhaustive in any way, shape or form. No. It's just things that came to the top of my head. So we had quick resume, as I've mentioned. You've got the backward compatibility stuff, like you said, around the cloud saves went top of that. You also then had auto HDR and FPS boosts. And FPS has been quite a big, a big thing for this generation. So I think just for that ability to just automatically upscale those old games like to say right we have now unlocked the frame rate on that game to now run it at 60 120 like just for nothing like for so many games i think was huge because it just think of the games it gave you to like to reap the benefit of that new hardware straight away um it was such a good move and such a an easy an easy one at the time yeah. i suppose if you can look at it like that um and then the other two are not really kind of hardware related but i think improvements in the development of the cloud i think if you look at the cloud probably two years ago to looking at what it is now it's like it's hard yeah. to compare like oh, yeah. it's it's come along so much and then last but not least is game pass because you've got to say the same like game pass was really just coming out of its infancy probably as this generation hat yeah, and I think now it's just taking huge strides on to probably increase the expectations and what you want from it. But I think it's really delivered over those two years. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think you kind of like you didn't give it necessarily as much time as it deserved, but the difference in loading times because of the SSD design, yeah, in the Series S and the X are just unbelievable. Yeah, and I mean that. You can say the same. I mean, obviously, you can say the same about PS5, and people will argue which one does it faster. And I think that does just comes matter? out to optimization of each game. And to be yeah. honest, it's so inconsequential that it inconsequential even. See, yeah. still getting tongue tied yeah. at the end of the episode. Never mind. It <laughs> um, but it's just, and I, I was going to say, is there maybe some things where we could have think they could have done better? And I'm like. Of course there are, but do we really want to do we want to dampen this little celebration of its birthday party? That's not very fair, is it? No. I think we just focus on what it's done well. Save the what it could do better for another episode. Yeah, we'll do it. Yeah. We'll do that for outlook for year three in the next episode. Eh? Um, <laughs> and, I, and and I think we know the answer, don't we? Um, there's been there's been particularly this year content. there's been one. Just more games, please. Thank you very much. Um, yeah. And on that, do you, do you think there will be a you know X point two and a, an S point two? I'm not so sure this time. Okay. I, I think generally you would have expected to start to hear murmurings of it. I just don't feel we're in a. I don't feel like they're warranted as much this time because I don't feel like we've properly got into the generation. Like I think you're only starting to see games now being developed for this generation alone now, because you're only really starting to see that happening in like the last what month. Yeah. Ish. There's been a few bits and pieces in between, but it's probably in the last month you really I mean from a third party perspective where you've seen third party developers kind of turn off the previous generation say, right, this is purely going to be like this generation. So I don't feel like we're far enough in to warrant another step up. But what are we um, looking for if they do that as well? Like you look at Forza and you look at what we've seen of like Redfall maybe less so Starfield because that's just because of the size of that game. There's always going to be stuff where we're like, oh, you know, they could, it could look better or run smoother or whatever the case may be. Yeah. But you look at like what's come out so far, look at what we've seen of mm-hmm. Redfall and how good Forza looks and how well it performs. Like what, what more do we really want? Like we're talking about games at 4k and 120 frames per second. <laughs> there is not technology out there display wise that will do better than that. Most people still don't have a TV that will do 120 frames and won't for another 10 years. Yeah. 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 I, I think what you might see is we might see iterations of the consoles rather than seeing like mid-gen upgrades. I think what you maybe see is like a one terabyte Series S or something. I think you might start to... Oh, like more storage. Or like, yeah. like they did with the 360, I suppose, because you had the... Was it an S and an E version? Yeah, you had a discless version of the One S, wasn't it? Yeah, was but it then the, even the oh, sorry, the Xbox 360 Elite. Yeah, the 360 generation. There was like the Elite, but there was also the because the Elite looked the same, but it was black. And then later mm-hmm. in the generation, there was, and I've still got one in my garage. I haven't got it's a the one. Watch. I've got the black one. The yeah, they're like smooth. The 360s. 
but then with the like silver edges as well. And yeah. like, it was like smooth. It was, yeah, it's a very different looking bit of hardware. I think we'll do stuff like that. Or like PlayStation tends to do it. They do a slim model, mm. which has got all the same capabilities, but it's like a fraction of the size or I couldn't say quieter, but then my Series X is basically just silent. I'll take that, actually. If they did a Series X slim that I could fit in my TV unit, I'd, I'd be interested. I wouldn't be surprised if you've seen a deskless version of the Series X. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That is I mean, the I only reason I bought coming. my Series X was because it has yeah. a disk drive. I wouldn't be surprised if you did see a digital version of that at some point, or mm. like maybe a digital version with a two terabyte hard drive or something. Yeah. Um, but time will tell. But, all but that's is... that's it. It's not a huge. It's not like a massive no. update, is it? It's it's not. It's not worth a new name or anything. No. 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 I don't. I, I can't see that anytime soon. No. I very much feel like that'll be a a next iteration. I can't see a mid gen refresh this time. No, the only I don't see the, the only, requirement for it either. No, the only hardware change I think we get that's of any consequence is if they do decide to take their streaming puck thing any further <laughs> and they decide to like try and step on two territories at once and chime in on that like mm-hmm. Fire TV Roku box at the same time as having a... Because you can get a media remote for a Series S or X, right? Yeah. So why not go one step further, slim it down to a tiny little puck that runs... Windows 11 and can do xCloud but will also run all your you know your Netflix and now TV and Amazon Prime and whatever else there is out there yeah yeah it's always dangerous talking about stuff like this because in two weeks time they'll drop yeah (laughs) (laughs) but the only other thing I think you might see is a a controller with haptics yeah I think they could do that I think, I, think I, 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 I think that's the one thing that the PlayStation has over yeah. has over it is the haptic feedback and the dual sense. And I, I could see it coming because it, it, it as a differentiator, particularly for third party games, whereas it's a good haptic implementation and you've got the choice, you go and buy it on a PlayStation instead of an Xbox. But other than that. I'll take I'll take built in batteries, please, before anything else. Thank you very much. I love much. a built in battery. Yeah. No, I love an EA, sorry, rechargeable. Thanks very yeah, much. Why? No, because no, there's I that. I don't, I don't, I'm joking. Like, there's that, just... that guy's name, and I can never think of it, like the guy who just does all the reload, like would-be reload animations with household objects. And I always get that sense when you're like, when you're going for a proper session playing in it, playing something, <laughs> if your DualSense runs out of battery, you've got to go plug it in or like swap it for another one. Whereas with an Xbox, I feel like there's that part of you that's like, slide up, shake the controller to knock the batteries out, cram two more in, go yeah. within like 10 Keep seconds. Going, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'd rather just have another one fully charged, ready to go. Yeah. Maybe. Or you could then... have five. Yeah, you could have five. Like oh, yes. Yeah. Alex, could, Alex <laughs> could play for the 36 hours straight and not run out of battery at any point. But the other thing as well is, like with the battery thing is... Like the ultimate floor of batteries is, I think the rule is something like 500 charges, and then it is right, just right. fucked. It is dead and useless to you. So, at least if you've got a removable battery pack, your that, 500 that's uses a fair are point. gone. Yeah, if we're talking about like wanting to own it f- forever, sort of thing, then yeah, that, that's a key, that's a key point. Yeah, yeah. and that's they've kind point. of invested in that where you're if you've gone Xbox One of some description to a Series S or X, all your controllers still work. Whereas, you know, the two other big players out there, you can't do that. You can't use a two-generation-old Nintendo or Sony controller on your current gen device. Yeah, that is that is a frustration because the, the Wii U Pro Controller was great, actually. It was, yeah, been it was fantastic. It. it was fantastic. And, and both of those, I think I could just leave it for six years, pick it up again, and it would still have, like, half battery or something. Yeah. Both those, they just, they just the battery seems to last forever. Yeah. Um, yeah, that that would be amazing, and I, I get that as a, as a point. Yeah, but still, it does feel some somewhat retrograde. Yeah, I can see that. Like bundle in a play and charge pack, because I think that yeah. cost me like it cost me eighteen quid, and as much as the battery pack is very rarely charged, the nine foot USB C cable is infinitely useful. Yeah. Ah well. Who knows? Maybe one day that we'll, we'll see the the demise of the double A battery to be in an Xbox controller. But I think I'd be a little bit sad if that day came. Oh. I don't know. 
Maybe. Maybe not. <laughs> but all I can say is happy birthday, Xbox Series X and Xbox Series S. You've had a very good two years. Um, and on that note, I think that's us, guys. Mark, yeah. thank you for joining us. It's been lovely to have you. I hope you'll come again. It's been a pleasure, guys. I enjoy it. Anytime you want me back, I'll be here. Thank you. Um, thank you as well to all of our patrons that make this happen. We've had Ethan Hunt, Steve Simpson, Nate Ellingsworth, Max Wright, Carl Hughes, Sean Hughes, Jason Frost, Sarah Purbrick, Rebecca Rajanath, Luke Cooper, Kevin Scully, Mark Hammond and Rune Storm. If you've liked if you like what we do, then please head over to thecrossplayers.com forward slash links where you'll find links to all of our other podcasts, to our web obviously you'll be on our website but to the written articles within our website um, and to our discord and patreon where you can support us from as little as two pounds per month once again thanks tyler and mark and we will speak to you all next time thanks, bye. Everyone. Bye. bye guys bye